there's always weird awkward conversations and Betsy and I just like cry and yell at each other a lot um and but at the end of the day our number our only um goal for our business is to have fun so we only take on projects that are for fun and we only we constantly check in with each other and say are you having fun do we like this client do we not like this project our only goal is having fun and our primary um, and, our, and, and we're only going to do something that is going to add to our, our lives and add to our friendship. So that's first and foremost, the, the, the primary goal of what we're doing. And, and I think that like North Star has really helped us to not break up with each, with each other. <laughs> What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host. Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Mental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B? My brother. I love doing doubles, man. And we just get in the mood and we do the doubles and it just kind of feels good. And I got super motivated by Simon. Uh, just his level of passion after, you know, what is it, 20 years there? He's in the industry. Uh I don't know, man. It, it gives me something to look forward to. You know, I've always thought that this, this industry is a, is a long-term kind of game plan for me at least, you know? So I, I, I love seeing somebody that has more experience that he has gotten rid of and kind of forgotten that I might ever get to have. So I'm just like humbled, you know, that we got access to people like that, you know? hundred percent, hundred percent. So what's new with you? So I know last week we talked about yeah. the, so, the refi getting, getting ready to go. Any other yeah. updates? So now this will be two weeks later. So I have a call this Friday. Oh shit. The 13th. So it's going to be either a very good call <laughs> or a very bad call. Um, but in my mind, it's going to be a great call with the remaining unit owner. Uh, so it's my last adversary in the full acquisition of, of all the apartments. Uh, and if you guys have been listening to the show, as I said last week, you know, my, my, my journey that has been this, this apartment complex. So it's, it's, uh, it's a very emotional kind of moment for me because it's very funny to just watch it. I had the dreams from the beginning of, of kind of going through this whole process and, uh, being in it and like witnessing how I feel about it, it, it feels really good, you know? So I went to talk to them last week and we kind of had that heart to heart moment. I'm like, Hey, this is what's, what's, what's going to happen. This is what my partner's expectations are. And, and let's, you know, let's dance. <laughs> I love it, man. And as a it. good, as a good Italian immigrant, I brought some, some cheese that I had brought home from, from Sardinia with me as a, as a, as a war offering present, you know, I'm like, kind of like, let's, you know, don't kill me. I brought your cheese from Sardinia. So I'm like, let's be nice to me and don't ask me for too much money. And so we'll see what happens. But it Love feels it. good, you know? It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Well, let's get right into it. So yeah, let's do it. today we have two very special guests with us. Uh, we've got Kate and Betsy. They're the co-founders of a short-term rental company. Uh, while they both help with all aspects of the business, Kate's expertise and experience lies more in the Airbnb industry, while Betsy's an interior design background. So Kate also operates a full-time short-term rental business called Riley, uh, excuse me, called The Estate of Things. I like that name. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Betsy have been best friends for a long time, but after Betsy was diagnosed with cancer for the second time, their relationship uh, dynamic changed. Kate became a caretaker and a huge source of support for Betsy using the experience she gained working in marketing for health and diet brands to assist Betsy in following a medically necessary, extremely strict diet. While Betsy was going through chemo, the two friends began to view life differently and discovered a newfound sense of purpose and joy in one of their favorite hobbies, decorating and designing Kate's Airbnb rental houses. As Betsy began to recover, she then decided to pursue a master's degree in interior design and together she and Kate decided to turn their hobby into a service they could offer to others and a career that would make them happy. Man, you're pulling on the heartstrings right out the gate. Yeah, wow, wow. what a story. I was not expecting any of that. Well, welcome, Kate and Betsy. Thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. So let's, let's go back to the beginning. I know we got a glimpse of it here, but how did you get into the short-term rental industry from the beginning? Like, What triggered that for you? Um, so you want some heartstrings. We have some more, more to go with that. Um, so I was in tech and startups for many, many years as a director of marketing. I accidentally got into um, short-term rentals by just uh, renting out one room in my apartment. Um, and then my other best friend actually did die of cancer. And so I kind of reevaluated my whole life and decided, you know, uh, kind of do this eat, pray, love thing. And while I was drunk in the Philippines one day, um, some friends that I was hanging out with there convinced, said like, we should buy a hostel in the Philippines. And I was drunk and it sounded like a really good idea, but then I thought maybe I should do something a little closer to home. So I expanded, so I decided to expand on what I was already doing with Airbnb. And so I had one rental arbitrage unit. I went to the owner. Um, I did not bring cheese from Sardinia, but, um, I did beg Eden and convince him to give me a second rental arbitrage unit. Um, and then I actually grew up in the high desert. And so I started looking at the analysis of where the best geos were. And um, Joshua Tree was the, the closest one to LA where I was living at the time. And so just kind of decided to wing it and try and get some more rental arbitrage units. And then, you know, uh, three years later, I guess, here we are. Here we are. And she now owns several of those originally arbitrage units. Hi, I'm Betsy, and I'll take some of that cheese from Sardinia as well. Yeah, like, I, I underestimated how many people would want some, and also how, how much I wanted of it. So that, that this, this year's round is all over, but um, I can put you on my wait list, and then my people will contact your people kind of thing. And, and Perfect. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can do that. Um, so how... so. Betsy said now you own some of those arbitrage units. So do you still do arbitrage now or are you 100% either ownership or management now? Um, I have that the very, very original arbitrage unit. Um, I still have that one. Um, the neighbors asked that we stop doing the arbitrage in the other unit um, and I've since purchased the other one. So I have one hanger on our rental arbitrage unit. Um, it's in Long Beach, which is where I, where it all started. Uh, so yeah, stop that one. Mm -hmm. 
So that brings your total to how, how many units now are you, I know you offline, you were talking about, you're kind of fluctuating right now because you've got some rentals going on. So what is, what would that put your, and are they all in like Joshua Tree area? No, um, so Joshua Tree is the main hub of what Betsy and I do, um, but I still have the one hanger on our rental arbitrage unit in Long Beach. Um, I actually do our family house in Ventura County. And then as a family, we've actually purchased another uh, house for short-term rental in Oregon near where my brother lives. Um, so it's like a part-time family home and part-time short-term rental that we're renovating um, actively. Um, and then I have the rest are here in Joshua Tree. Awesome. So did you always get to use Betsy for free because she was your friend to help you do all the decoration or? I did. And her getting cancer was really great because then I was able to cook for her and I didn't feel as bad using her, uh, her incredible wealth of knowledge. Cause I was like, I made you bone broth. Give me free advice. Um, so yeah. when she got cancer. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah, I have probably 15 separate Pinterest boards that are labeled Kate something like Kate yeah. Barn, Kate Craftsman. Um, I very much take pleasure in helping Kate decorate because she's a strong doer. She gets it done. Um, yeah. And so it's really fun to see, you know, your ideas come to life. Um, so she's a great executor and she's picked up so many skills along the way. And it's been so, so much fun. For me to be able to scribble down a drawing pass it her way and then she makes it come to life with her skill set i love that i, I want to touch on on something in line with that um where you two are, are best friends and now you're working together i know that dynamic can be interesting and challenging at times so how have you guys navigated that and like what's you know each of your roles responsibilities and just kind of walk the listeners through that because People ask me all the time, like, hey, I want to partner with so-and-so or I want to partner with my brother or my friend or whatever. And I'm like, you can do that. But I've just seen a lot of stuff burn because they weren't clear from the get-go around what am I bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? And, and who's doing what? So that you don't have to have those weird, awkward conversations later. There's always weird, awkward conversations. And Betsy and I just like cry and yell at each other a lot. Um, and But at the end of the day, our number, our only... Um, goal for our business is to have fun. So we only take on projects that are for fun. And we only, we constantly check in with each other and say, are you having fun? Do we like this client? Do we not like this project? Our only goal is having fun and our primary, um, and, our, and, and we're only going to do something that is going to add to our, our lives and add to our friendship. So that's first and foremost, the, the, the primary goal of what we're doing. And, and I think that like North Star has really helped us to not break up with each other <laughs> plus we align so well because Kate just said exactly what I would have said and we've been you know wifey friends for more than a decade we were roommates um in 2009 and uh and so we've just been around one another and through some some serious fun and some serious hard times so it's easy to work through the pains of a renovation and a design process um, between the two of us, because, you know, it's nothing compared to some of the other things that we work through together. So, yeah. So what does I mean, that dynamic look like? Like who, who's kind of doing what, like is are, Betsy, are you doing more of like the design and then Kate, you're kind of executing and overseeing and then who's handling like guest communication, like kind of walk me through what that dynamic looks like from an operational standpoint for you guys. Well, Kate's boots on the ground, right? So she's actually located in Joshua tree where she is, you know, 
where she's managing actively the renovation projects. Um, we, Kate is a fantastic, charming individual. Um, so she brings business to us. She has a strong network out there. Um, I act more as almost an advisor and consultant on the design end. I definitely come out with my three-year-old daughter as often as possible to kind of see the spaces in person as is necessary to make sure that the choices are good ones and to, you know, get to the next level of choices. Um, but, you know, Kate and I spend a fair amount of our day on a duo video chat. Um, she walks me through spaces. And then as far as the clients go, we both are very hands-on with the clients. We do a lot of communicating via text message and emails and phone calls and in-persons. Um, and, and to Kate's point of, you know, our North Star being to make sure our projects are enjoyable, um, we, we love our clients and we consider them friends. And so we, we work to keep those relationships fun. Um, and I think, you know, Betsy started off that with like loving up on me. And I think that's a total demonstration of how this dynamic works is because I think we both think that the other person is like the most talented person in the entire world. Um, and I know we've definitely learned a lot from each other. Like her, I've learned so much about interior design um, from Betsy and I, I, basically she's just the more talented one in like every regard of what we're doing. But yeah, so our, our, for retreat, our titles, I'm the chief operating officer chief operations officer and she's the chief design officer so um yeah betsy's a, a a dreamer and has these like amazing concepts in her head and then i am much more practical and like okay how do we actually make these things come to life cool i love I it i love your guys's vibe you have such a good vibe going and like this, <laughs> this through friendship vibe that i think is very important when like because it's it's you guys like each other but you're not the same person and I yeah. think that is that is one of the key things that we always talked about, even when we want to grow a company and like who you should hire, your natural propensity is going to hire people you like because they're like you. But a lot of the times that's not necessarily the best ingredient for a partnership. It's like really that because then you come, especially when you come from a place of truly um, respecting the other person, it really becomes a place of like, I admire you for all of your unique things because I don't have them and then obviously then it naturally breeds that you're amazing because I can't do that and she's like oh no you're amazing because I can't do that and then you just, just guys do something amazing together because you wouldn't do anything by yourself and then you're like found each other you're like ah. you know what I mean like it's just it's perfect you know that's literally every every single time we get off the call with a client or an interview or anything like that we just sit there and we're like, oh, you did so well. You said these things that you <laughs> haven't even vocalized and you pretty much just uh, like, touched yeah. on it. <laughs> That's fun. I, I love that. E, but I don't know how many of those conversations I have with E like that, but. <laughs> no, no, but that's why we're, we're not partners. You know? like, we're, that's why we don't do, like we, we haven't done things together, you know, because we're very similar. We're big dreamers, you know? And like you execute a lot better than I do, but you wouldn't tell E execute on this because you're like, he is going to forget about this the moment he sees something else. And that's me. Like I just, that's how I am, you know? Um, so what, what does your team look like? Is it just you guys? Do you have, do you have VAs who's helping you? Like, yeah, we do have a bit of a team structure. Um, we came to the realization that we really, when we started, we were going to be our separate businesses. So, you know, Mike mentioned Riley, and the estate of things. That is, Kate and I each are business owners. 
um, separately. And I work with a different partner in the, in the world of interior design and e-commerce. And Kate is managing properties as well through her business. Um, and we brought that together as a partnership, but quickly realized that with the scale of projects that were coming our way, we were going to need to incorporate and hire a team. So we put together a team. We have a junior designer or a design associate um, who works remotely. And then we have another friend who is um, capable of being more boots on the ground. She's based in LA and uh, she was handling all of our business administration. And then I do actually have a virtual assistant that's based in the Philippines that helps me keep my head on straight. Um, and then Kate has this amazing huge team there in Joshua Tree of handymen and contractors and a labor force that are all subcontracted um, that I'll let Kate speak to. Yeah, I mean, we, especially in Joshua Tree, it's such a booming market right now. The, the team that we have out here is someone that we, is, is a team that we rely on greatly. Um, and gosh, I mean, probably 10, 10 different guys at least um, of varying um, skill sets and uh, the guys who really make, make everything possible. So if I'm understanding, so there's, there's almost, there's three different businesses, right? But you guys are partners on one, right? So there's kind of like the design side, the, the client facing, like somebody comes to you guys, hey, we want you to design our property. You know, you guys put your heads together in that. And then Betsy, you have a separate design slash e-com business. And then Kate, you've got like the uh, property management slash like short-term rental side of the house. Correct. Betsy and I'm following correctly. On, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Betsy and I, um, you know, basically took our short-term rental and interior design expertise and backgrounds and businesses and combined to make retreat design, which is experiential design exclusively for Airbnbs or short-term rentals. So let's talk about that because that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I love that. So when you say experiential design, what does that, what does that mean for you? And like you said, I know Joshua Tree is booming right now and there's all sorts of cool stuff popping up. So what, what does that look like for you guys? We latched onto the term experiential design. I mean, a lot of times that applies to you know, software or, um, or retail. Um, and, you know, we're just applying that idea to hospitality because, you know, as you well know, uh, whenever a guest comes into a short-term rental, you want them, you want to focus on their experience. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a little bit beyond um, hospitality because it's not, you know, your typical hotel experience. Rather, you know, you're really trying to <clears throat> provide the, the guest with uh, this is your home. This is your aspirational best life opportunity. You know, when I go out and look for an Airbnb that I want to stay in, I want to choose an opportunity to live a life for a week um, that I don't typically get to live. And so, you know, we're applying that concept of experiential design to a short-term rental um, by, you know, not just picking, you know, not just shopping for, for beautiful furniture items and creating a well uh, residential design space, but rather creating an experience that the guest is going to have when they arrive. So making sure that their first impression is a strong one, that their family has exactly the activities that they need to do that are suited for the, the geo for where the short-term rental is. I think in addition um, to that, like it, Joshua Tree is unlike a lot of other markets in that it is rural and really the main attraction here is the park. And so how many hours a day can you truly spend in the park four, six, something like that. It gets hot, it gets cold, whatever. Um, and there are not a lot of amenities. There's very few bars and restaurants. There's no, there's a movie theater that may or may not reopen. You know, there's, there's not like these, um, 
main attractions in the evening. So what we realized is that guests who come to Josh, which we really need to be staying in um, like a mini resort almost. And so that there has to be an experience there. And so it's not just comfy beds and a comfy couch. It's like, what is there to do for the other um, 16 hours or 20 hours in the day when you're not in the park? It's all contained within the Airbnb. I love it. Can you give us some examples of that? Because I know, you know, a lot of rural locations, people go to like get away and unplug, but I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that you guys have done to create that like resort feel or give them additional amenities that give them things to do and create that unique experience? Yeah, we always look for like little moments of, of joy. Um, one activities, but two moments of joy, little um, extras. Um, we've done arcade rooms. Um, we're actually building out a really awesome arcade room right now. Um, you know, murals set behind a scenic um, hot tub, um, hammocks, hammock swings, swinging beds in the middle of a, a yard, um, horseshoe pits, um, it, even even down to how we're designing a pool for a client right now, it's not just a pool. We're actually taking um, boulders from their yard and planting them in and around the pool to integrate that pool into that that backyard like um, boulder experience. I love it. I love it. That sounds fun. I want to go in a pool like that. I feel like there's a show on HGTV, like some crazy like pool show. Where it's like million dollar pool or something. Oh, I love that guy. I love that family that builds those pools. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, so what's the, what's the vision for you guys? I know it's all about, you know, not taking on projects that aren't going to be fun, but like, what's, where do you guys see this? What's, where do you see this going for you? It depends well, how much coffee, but... Please go ahead. I was going to say, it depends how much coffee Betsy's had. If she's had a big <laughs> cup of coffee, then we're like expanding to Thailand or something. Um, <laughs> or as I'm sitting there, like, no, we can't. Um, I don't know. What, what were you going to say about that? Well, I, I do, um, I relate to Emmanuel, I'm a big dreamer. And so it is true. If I get a little caffeinated, then next thing you know, Kate and I are on a video chat and I'm talking about, um, you know, expanding a consultancy into, you know, some kind of software app that can be nationwide. Um, so yeah, I definitely um, am a dreamer, but on realistic terms, um, Kate and I are both, you know, gaining such invaluable experience with every new property that we work on. And, um, you know, we've created some systems and we already have, you know, our specific buy lists and our specific essentials for outfitting an Airbnb. And so, um, you know, I think that we just toy around with continuing to perfect those systems and just continuing to apply them to units, whether they are units that we invest in ourselves um, or, you know, whenever those special clients come along that want help that we feel like we um, align with and can help out. And so, you know, I think that's just, it's, it's stay the course right now and, and see where we go and, and see how much coffee we consume in the future. hundred percent, hundred percent. I want to shift a little bit, Kate, towards like the operation side for the short-term rentals. So what is that like, are you leveraging virtual assistants or different software or are you handling that stuff manually? Or what does that look like for you? I mean, I think I am a different kind of host that, you know, you, you guys, you guys know, being um, who you are, there's so many people out there who just say you can have 50 units and automate everything and be drinking a cocktail in Thailand. And I'm just not that kind of host. Um, I think I'm a little 
a bit of a control freak. Um, and so I do have a team that helps me, but I don't have um, anyone who helps me really on the property management side. Although I will be right now is the slow season for Joshua Tree. So I am hiring. So there will be someone who around September, October, who comes on with that. Um, I mean, with that said, it, it takes a village in order to make this amount of these size of properties and this quantity of properties run smoothly. So like I said, I have my entire crew on the renovation and, and interior design side. I have four housekeeping crews, not individuals, but actual crews that um, maintain the houses between guests. Um, I also have um, the softwares that I use. Um, I use um, Smart B&B um, in, in order to give some autonomy to the housekeeping crew so they have automatic viewing of the calendars. Um, and I also use them for their um, message automation. Message automation changed my life. Hmm. I mean, I think I was two units in when I discovered message automation and I was already drowning. So I, that, that would be for any new host. The first, the first thing is check out message automation. I don't like Airbnb's um, platform, um, the, the, the message automation they've built out. Also, it doesn't incorporate Verbo or booking. Um, so yeah, smart BNB for that. And then, um, I think the other software that changed the game for me was dynamic pricing. So I use beyond pricing, you know, there's price labs, wheelhouse, et cetera, but that like paid for itself in the first month. I'm glad, I'm glad you yeah. clarified. Cause when you, yeah, yeah. So going she, down you the use the big like ones yeah. in that super hands-on host, I'm like, I hope I was panicking. Some of that tech stack in there too. But those are the, yeah. those are the three essentials that you just nailed right there. Yeah. Right. And I, I beat that drum over and over again when I'm doing speaking gigs or coaching. I'm like, if, like, if you don't have a, a guest communication like system, this becomes a full-time job, like an overtime job very quickly. Like you said, well, even and, with just two units, like. Well, and there's impossible. the human element to it. I don't know about you guys, but I forget things every single day. If things, if there's a regular task, that's not automated me personally, I'm going to forget about it. Even if that means forgetting to send check-in details, I don't think I've ever maybe I've like left it a little to like the day before, but like there would be no way to all, to remove that human error element. You're just going to mess up and, and you're going to feel really bad. You know, you mentioned it being a full-time job. Airbnb hosting when done right will be a full-time job um, unless you have like one unit and then, then it can be a part-time job and it gets a little mm -hmm. shaky, but um, yeah, it, it, you just have to be very dedicated to it even with automations. I love that. Um, Shoot, I had a train of thought that left. Did it go to get a shoot? Yeah, I probably <laughs> went to get a coffee somewhere, but um, I don't know. I okay. So, anyways, moving forward. So you guys have nine units now, and it's your slow season. Oh no, this is what it was. What size units do you have? Like, do you have because you said for the type of property? So, do you have big houses or or I I don't know Joshua Tree as a as a market is that typical like three four bedroom houses or or how big of places do you have so about 60 years ago the government around here just said like if you build something on the land you can have some land for free so there's all these original homestead cabins and that's like your quintessential joshua tree um airbnb um and those are usually one maybe two bedrooms so that's generally what the market looks like out here um i actually have really un or atypical units for Joshua Tree. Um, my first uh, property that I found out here was actually a duplex. So it's two, three, three ones. So three bedroom, one bath. 
and it's in downtown Joshua Tree, which is a neighborhood. So it's very atypical for the area. Um, right. Then after I did that, and there's not a lot of duplexes out here, but after I did that, I was sitting with um, a, a business partner and said, oh yeah, this is going really well. She literally pulled up Zillow, found the one other duplex in Joshua, in the Joshua Tree area and was like, should I buy this? I was like, yeah. So that was um, actually Betsy and I, that was a few years ago. That was Betsy and I's like first um, project that wasn't just me selfishly stealing her, her brain. Um, and so we have that duplex and then we have, there's a four bedroom house that, um, we designed and I operate for that same business partner. Um, so it's a four, two, and then in the, this is going to the experience. We took this four car garage and turned it into a home movie theater, a bar and a game room. And plus we built a saloon in the backyard of that one. Um, and then, uh, the house that I'm actively, that we're working on together, which is my house, um, which is, you can kind of see here, it's called the Barn House and it's a Gambrel architectural style. So it's two stories, it's a four, two um, with on a half acre lot. So for Joshua Tree, that's still a pretty small lot. Um, and this like tongue and groove, two story um, style is very atypical for Joshua Tree. Um, and then what else do we have? Uh, another client's house is a three, two, and we're, and then the sunroom, we knocked down some walls to incorporate the sunroom into um, the, the main living space. And so that's this like really cool, sunny dining hangout area that goes out to that um, older crusted uh, pool. Yeah. So you have bigger houses though. Like your smallest is a three one, like that's, that's the smallest thing you have. Uh, well, the second duplex that we, that I, that we operate with the um, business partner, that's a two one. Yeah. Um, and that's the smallest property. Yeah. So it's pretty atypical that um, most of these units are, are bigger than the average here. Awesome. And most of the build outs are geared towards groups and, you know, larger okay. gathering areas. And, and that was my next question, like who your avatar is. I, I had assumed that you're mostly looking after like people traveling with their families and, and really going after that. Um, some of that, I, we just did a house um, and they were, very much looking to capture some of the family audience because it was a family um, who did it. But really the average um, group here is 25 to 45, mainly friends. I would say families make up uh, maybe 25% of uh, the travelers that we see out here, Max. Okay, cool. Interesting. Well, I, I know we're getting close to our time here, so I wanna be respectful of your time. And uh, before we get into our last question, first I wanna acknowledge both of you. I love the work that you're doing. I love the, the theme that you are deliberate in your business and only taking on projects that are going to be fun for you. And I, one of the first things I always ask students is like, why are we doing this and what are we moving towards? And ironically, I call it your North star, which you already talked about. I'm like, what are, what, what is that thing that's pulling you? Like, this is your business. Design it the way that you want it to work for you. What types of properties, what types of locations, what types of projects? And so I'm so pumped that you guys are doing that and it's working out well for both of you. And um, I'm excited to see some of this stuff. So again, thank you for being on with us. And where can the listeners uh, learn, learn more about you guys, connect with you guys, see some of these projects? Or Instagram at, handle is, go ahead. Do it, girl. Get it, get it. Um, our Instagram handle is retreat Airbnb. Um, and our favorite project, well, I don't want to say favorite, but um, the other project that we're working on for retreat is Desert Barn House. So both of those are our Instagram handles. 
Awesome. Yeah, and we have a portfolio of our work uh, at buyretreat.com. One more time, Betsy. Sorry, I didn't catch that. That's okay. Buyretreat.com. B-Y-retreat.com. Perfect. Awesome. So the last question that we like to ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? It is truly having the guests experience as first and foremost, the thing that we're looking at um, from design to management to operations, everything in between. We think about our design. We think about the guests absolutely first and foremost. Um, and as a result of that, we profit because guests love what we're doing. Um, our clients, our design clients love what we're doing. Um, it shines through and we get compliments all the time on how much love and care we have in the, um, put into the, the spaces that we've created. I think especially specifically for Joshua Tree, this is not like buy a couch on overstock, throw a, you know, throw a lockbox on and call it a day. You have to put um, that guest's experience um, into every step of the way. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again so much for being on here. Really appreciate both of you guys. Wish you all the best success and uh, good luck with that new project. I'm excited to see it. Thank, Thank you so, so much, Mike. Thanks, Emmanuel. Right. Take care, everybody. Meet you guys. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.